Today's scripture reading comes from Hebrews 11, 8 to 10. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was going to receive as an inheritance. He went out without knowing where he was going. By faith, he lived in the land he had been promised as a stranger. He lived in tents along with Isaac and Jacob, with who were co-heirs of the same promise. He was looking forward to a city that has foundation, whose architect and builder is God. The word of the Lord. Well, good morning. Thank you. It's always good to be in chapel. I am just uh, always a privilege to have this opportunity. I did want to just mention the Loma first. Uh, as Esteban said, I'm, I'm a first-gen student. What I didn't know coming to college could fill the internet. I mean, I showed up, and that was almost all I knew. And it was friends and faculty and colleagues and a couple of roommates that helped guide me through the beginning. And a professor or two that actually helped me believe I could do this. I'm forever grateful and forever transformed. So whether you're a first gen or you're the 45th person in your family to attend Point Loma, this is the place that God can use you, that you can grow and thrive and become all that God is calling you to be. That is the constant prayer of my heart. And so here we are together to begin this time of uh, an opportunity to worship, to hear from the word of God, and uh, hopefully to uh, say some things that might help you think about your walk and your journey. If you've been around here for the last 19 years, hopefully none of you students have been here for that long. My tradition is on the fall chapel is to show my grandkids off. Um, nobody gives me permission, I just do this. So here we go. Uh, these are the local San Diego kids, our son's family. Carson is the one on the right, senior at Point Loma High School. Uh, baseball player on the team there, really good student, organized in ways that make me ashamed of my own life. Uh, I mean, he has really got it together in his organization. Miles is a sophomore at Point Loma High, and he's one of the most creative uh, kids I know, and just such a compassionate heart. Um, he was trying to explain what he and his cousin are doing in all of their work in Minecraft the other day when he was at the house. My head nearly exploded. And he actually apologized because he could see the glassed over look in my eyes. But it was really so interesting and just a, a good kid. Molly, uh, Molly is in seventh grade at Korea, just down the road a little bit here. She's a softball player, really good student, just loves life and has that wonderful blend of highly organized and highly creative. So those are the uh, local Brower kids. And then the other side of the family, our daughter's family up in Orange County. Uh, Jeremy is 19, they're uh, holding his youngest sister, Audrey. 
Jeremy's a, he's been a soccer player, just a, a great guy, very disciplined in his life and a wonderful young man. Audrey is the youngest, just turned five. She's in um, pre-K and she's a, a woman of strong opinions. And um, she's, uh, she's just kind of the love of everybody's life. Great, uh, great granddaughter. In the middle is Caitlin. She's also a senior uh, in high school up in Orange County. Uh, she's a competitive swimmer and really has a, a wonderful uh, spirit and attitude about her and a sense of discipline. And then Anthony, uh, Anthony's a ninth grader and uh, he's gonna be the tallest of the whole group of us. And uh, Anthony plays soccer. He's interested in many different things, uh, starts a business every once in a while, uh, has this creative match that he and his cousin Miles do, and actually they had a little company going for a while on some products, and just a, a great young man. So these are the seven people that give my life meaning and mystery, and uh, love being around them. So until next year, that's the update on the grandkids. Well, let me talk just a little bit today out of the, the scripture that was read in Hebrews. Hebrews 11, this passage, verses 8 and 9, uh, really emphasize what is a, a testimony to the faithfulness of people. The whole chapter is, is just a recitation of faithful people to God in how they lived out their lives. And this passage in 8 to 10 is, is about Abraham and the, the impact that faithfulness had because he chose to follow God and to be faithful. So uh, oftentimes you kind of wait till the end of the message to kind of give you the main points. I'm going to do that in, in advance. So somehow if you go unconscious, you'll at least walk away with the conclusion. Here they are. These faithful people in Hebrews 11, these are examples of people who first believed in God. No matter what happened, they believed in God. Secondly, when God called them or asked them to do or go, they responded obediently. Believed in God, responded obediently. And, and the third main point here is they lived lives that influenced others. If you look at these passages, you have to say these folks made a great difference in the lives of many, many others, sometimes for all of generations from their point forward. God called there was obedience and influence was created by the faithful lives of these individuals. But the scripture today that we heard out of eight to 10 is really that story of Abraham. But it didn't start in the New Testament, if you kind of know who Abraham was. Uh, in the Old Testament, in Genesis, he was called Abram. And Genesis 12, one to three, says this, as God comes to Abram, here's what God says. Leave your land, leave your family, leave your father's household for the land that I will show you. 
I will make you a great nation and will bless you. I will make your name respected and you will be a blessing. And then God goes on and says this, I will bless those who bless you and I will curse those who curse you. And finally, the the concluding statement of this promise of God, all the families of the earth will be blessed by you. I've given a lot of thought to this and I've, I've gotta be honest with you, I've got a couple of responses. One is, how could you turn this down? I mean, God has said, I will bless you. I will bless all who bless you. And I'll have my time with those who curse you. But furthermore, all peoples will be blessed by you. How could you turn that down? And on the other hand, as I've sat and kind of thought about this, my my thoughts go to, God, how can you ask a person to do this? Leave everything. I mean, the, the decision here is for Abraham to leave where he is established, to leave his family, to leave all of his possessions, to leave everything he knows, to leave everything that he has. And, and God is saying to him, I want you to go that way. I mean, there's no maps app that God gave him. There was not even a paper map. He didn't give him step-by-step, turn-by-turn directions. God said to him, go. That's it. But here's what I'll do if you're obedient. And, and what I've really come to know in this, that it is not so much the ask, but it is the response that is the story of living with God. My response is to believe in God and to be obedient and then to follow faithfully wherever he leads. Linda and I, and I'd have her stand, but I don't want to embarrass her and don't want to be locked out of the house tonight. Um, Linda and I love to do alpine hiking. And one of our favorite places is in Switzerland. And we have been there many times. We had a friend who lived there and it, it introduced us to this. And this is one of the scenes that we come upon uh, as we begin some of our hiking. What, what I want to point out about this in this beautiful meadow that opens up and uh, you don't see all the cows that are often around, but they can be everywhere. There's this beautiful vision forward. And, and I imagine that what God is saying to Abraham is, 
maybe not quite like this, but he's saying, okay, Abraham, what I want you to do is go over there. It's not there, there. It's not the valley. It's not the ridge of that mountains. In fact, it's a place you can't see, but I want you to go and trust me. And as we begin, you can see there's a little path, just kind of a, the last third of the picture on the right. Um, but there, there's no real destination there yet. In the next picture, you, you see something that is, is also kind of confronted with us. Sometimes we get to the edge and, and there are rocks and trees and all I can see is a big valley and I know where we're kind of supposed to go, but there is no clear path. But lots of obstacles. <clears throat> and what I do know is right beyond that edge, there's a drop of about 2,000 feet. And there was no obvious way forward. And so it's still go that way, but I'm not sure how. Sometimes in, in, the, in the next slide, the, the pathway that you have to traverse is, is pretty rocky. Uh, you know, Linda's out there walking through these rocks. Naturally, I'm staying back in case she falls, I can help her uh, or know where the trip hazard is. Um, but the, these rocks are right on the edge of an area of a sheer mountain cliff that is constantly breaking off and new debris and new barriers and changes in the pathway are always happening. We, we've walked through here a half a dozen times and the route is never the same. And sometimes water is running and sometimes it's covered with ice and sometimes it's snow and sometimes it's mud and it's always changing. But to move forward, we keep going. Sometimes as the next picture shows, you get to a place and you can see there's kind of two kind of paths there, not really. And there's a decision to make. And I know in my own life, it's often been like this. I get to a place and I've been walking with God and all of a sudden the paths diverge. And I remember times where neither direction has seemed to have any sense of clarity about it. And I might take off to the right and that thing might just run right into the side of the mountain and there's nothing but barrier. Or I might take off to the left and that one goes down into a valley and takes you off the main path and there's a washout and it's closed and you've got to go around and you come back around and you're not really sure if you found your way again. But in all of that, it, it is trust and faith that God is still at work. Occasionally on our hikes, we're blessed to see this, a marker. Again, Linda's leading the way, and there's a little bit more of a definitive path. But these white, red, white markers are graciously provided along the path of some of these hikes to tell you you're actually on the right 
way to get to the destination. And, and I, I sense this sometimes of, for me, God is maybe nudging me or pushing, calling me to stay this way, to go this way. And whenever those show up, I give thanks because we're not yet lost. And in the next picture, it's a, it's a little more like maybe the way most of these are. I should have pulled back, but this thing's almost hidden. If I'm standing here and there's a long way off, this thing is invisible. It's tucked back into the rock and the grass has come around it and the way is uncertain. And it's moving along in the journey of life with God that all of a sudden I see the affirmation of God's leadership and direction with me. And I cherish those. I'm still moving forward with him, with this journey. And then finally, I think in our, all of our hiking we've ever done, this is like a billboard. We have only ever seen this once. It's not only you're on the right path, but it's like people are there going like this. This is the way. I'm not sure why that was done, probably because we were in an area where a lot of people got lost. And one or two times in my life, I have had the sense of God's activity and presence with me that was that bold and that broad and that directional. But most of the times, it's like the marker before. It's almost hidden, it's not very bright, it's a little bit worn. And yet, in the moments of need, I have felt the nudge of God to faithfully continue. And I don't know what Abraham's journey was after God said, go. May have been certainly not meadow-like in that part of the world, but it may have been broad and open. It may have been bumpy and confused and blocked and just not possible to see very far. But God didn't promise that he would reveal the whole plan to Abraham when he left. What he promised was the destination. He he promised basically a new place. The interesting thing is that when Abraham arrived at the new place, it was already occupied. The land of Canaan had many different people groups and they inhabited it. It wasn't that God took him to this place that he could build the big hotel and the big house and the fences and the guards and set up camp. Abraham lived his life as a nomad, intense, temporarily here and there as God led him. But the real power of this story is what God called Abraham to do was about a place that was not here and permanent, but it was a destination that was lasting and eternal. God called Abraham to faithful following. And in that following, the promise that this eternal place where God is the architect, that's where Abraham was headed. And that was his inheritance.
But perhaps the most inclusive part of this promise, it is the fact that it's a promise to us. God promised to bless all of Abraham's descendants. And in scripture, if you follow the line of his descendants, it gets us all the way to the birth of Jesus. And it is the birth and life, the death and resurrection of Jesus that opens up the promise of God to Abraham and all of his descendants of a place whose architect is God and a purpose whose plan is relationship with God. Because of Christ, because of his death and resurrection, we have the invitation for salvation and restoration of our relationship that has been broken by sin with God to be restored. We can receive forgiveness. We can have redemption. We can live through Christ with God eternally. That was really the promise of Abraham. The obedience that Abraham had was to begin that journey that brought us to Jesus. And through Jesus, all of us can be restored to the God of all ages. I don't know where you are today in the journey. I don't know what kinds of barriers are before you. I, I, I don't know how many competing trails you might see in front of you. But what I do know is that God calls us into relationship with him. He provides the way through Christ for us to know and be in relationship with him. He affirms that how we live our lives and who we live for matters. It is belief in God. It is obedience in God. And it is coming into relationship with the God of the ages that we see his faithfulness, not only to Abraham, but to all of us across all ages. God is faithful. My prayer for you has been and is that you would listen for God's voice that you would make yourself available to God, that you believe in and obey God, that you live your life following him, that you, experiences, that you experience the nudges and the big, bold signs of his leadership, and that even though the journey is not all mapped out for you, your faith is in God for the journey. In just a moment, I'm going to close us in prayer, but I want to remind you that uh, on Wednesdays, there is this invitation to come, to pray around the altars, to have our staff here available to pray with you, should you desire. And if you're at a point of needing to begin the journey with God. This is a great place to do it. It's also a great place
to continue and refresh your journey with God. Let me pray. O God of all ages, O God of this present moment, I give you thanks for your faithfulness to us. I give you thanks that you have made a way for us to come into relationship through Christ with you. Lord, would you bless every student? Would you bless faculty and staff? Would you lead us and guide us? And Lord, may we be faithful to know and serve you with all of our lives and all of our efforts. These things we ask in the name and for the sake of Jesus Christ, your son. Amen. You are dismissed.